Hey, Never Sleepers, Alex Ross here. Thank you for joining me in the search for Toronto's best artists and entrepreneurs on Ross Never Sleeps. This episode is a perfect combination of when art meets the entrepreneurial spirit. My guest is Ethan Cole, the star and co-creator of the CBC comedy hit web series, My 90-Year-Old Roommate. But first, what else can you hear this week on NeverSleepsNetwork.com? Tomorrow is an all-new Vesta Friends sketch comedy podcast with guests Good Game. Be sure to check out previous sketches with past guests like Allison Hogg and Flo and Joan. Wednesday, catch Jeff Paul live at Dope and Mike Comedy at the Underground Cafe at 670 Queen Street East in Toronto. Every Wednesday, Jeff hosts the best live stand-up show in Toronto, as well as his Wednesday podcast. His latest guest, Toronto comedian Tim Rabnett. This Thursday, we have Ethan Cole's co-star, the 90-year-old roommate himself, Paul Souls, on Speech Bubble with Aaron Broverman. Paul is born and raised in Toronto and got a start in voice acting, working on shows like Spider-Man, the original TV series, and even acting alongside Edward Norton on such films as The Incredible Hulk and The Score with Marlon Brando. All this and more, all week at NeverSleepsNetwork.com. But on this week's Ross Never Sleeps, my guest is Ethan Cole, who is also a born and raised Torontonian. And like a true Torontonian, Ethan clearly has the hustle bred into him, as it shows in his character of the same name on the hit CBC comedy web series, My 90-Year-Old Roommate. Ethan combines good ideas with hard work and is clearly thankful for the ongoing support from his family and friends. We get an insider scoop on Ethan's production company, Slow Clap, with co-creator Josh Schultz as they prepare for the second season of My 90-Year-Old Roommate and we get a look into what it takes to develop a popular web series for a diverse Canadian audience. All right, here's Ross Never Sleeps with Ethan Cole. Where are you coming from? What part of the city? Dundas, Nossington. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're definitely local. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Because I too am a Jew from Thornhill. Yeah. Are I, you? I'm New York Mills. I'm a York Mills Jew. Okay. So, yeah. so you went to York Mills Collegiate? Yeah. Yep. Are you an 86er? 83. You're an 83. 83. You're yeah. such a young looking yeah, I'll take 83. That. I'll take that. <laughs> how does it start? You know, how does uh, explaining things to my grandfather with Grandpa Joe, Zadie Joe, yeah. really just start? How does it come to fruition? Where did it start? Uh, it was like a Friday night dinner and I was playing on Tinder, I think. And he looked at me and inquired as to like what that was what that is and then once i started having that conversation with him i'm like wait a second there needs to be like we need to be filming this you know you have that moment where you're because like the way i work i'm always like being like could this be in a movie could this be in a movie so that was a moment i'm like this could be in a movie we should we should be filming this were you doing film production before uh yeah i had i had a uh, a quirky uh, sports show on the score called uh, The Project where we would like track down retired athletes and we'd convince them to do crazy stuff. So who that was and first. Who, who like named some athletes that uh, you had on? We did. We had like Jose Canseco. We convinced him to like apologize to everyone he exposed for like taking steroids. How did that go? It was great. He's great. It was really funny. I once bumped into him in Las Vegas 
Yeah. I was at like a, I don't know if it was a master tee, a push a tee, a mix master tee, whoever I was seeing. Yeah. Or mix master flash. It was in the Mirage, which was also the home for the World Series of Poker. And he's a huge poker guy. Yeah. And I remember bumping into him, like literally physically bumping into him. And it was like hitting a wall. How does somebody like Jose Canseco get connected to you? Do you say, hey, Jose, we got this great idea. I work for the sports channel in Canada. Did you have to like fly him in? Like, I mean, he was like a, a Toronto. Yeah, Jay, yeah, Blue Jay at one point. Honestly, it's just you find out who his manager is. I showed them some of the stuff we had done before, which was like they could see harmless, like that it wasn't going to be something that was going to be like an attack on his uh, character and like w- that we were going to be dealing with some. We're going to we're funny. We're just going to be comedy. But it wasn't going to be some sort of character assassination piece. And then. Yeah, his manager thought it was funny, and we explained what we wanted to do, and they thought that was funny, and then we just flew to LA and we met him. Yeah. So, did you go to school for film production? Uh, no, no. I just always knew that I was a storyteller, and that like I'd always put on weird plays at school. But I know I never. I studied history in my undergrad, and then I actually did a master's in international relations. So, do you have any advice for maybe people who are looking to not necessarily go to school or go to school to kind of get into the position where you are? Because you're now uh, an award-winning actor. You're a writer. Yeah. Um, you're now producing comedy and shows for the CBC. Mm-hmm. You say that you had this idea that you wanted to be a writer and do all this stuff. So you're doing it. Is that just the same as people who are, you know, considering going to school for it? Would you have advice to tell kind of up and comers what kind of path you took, which is definitely not the orthodox path? Yeah, I think the benefits to going to school other than like learning, like I think learning the skills of like how to like be a writer, like how to create a good story, how to like capture someone's imagination. I don't think that could be like taught either. You like, you have it or you or you don't and but i think going to school could help you obviously with like the technical skills so that you could do more of the production yourself like that i'm not able to do i always have to partner with people like josh schultz for instance but the other side of it is one of the most important things i think you could have from a writing perspective and from an execution perspective is like when you're actually making it is a good team so i was lucky that i randomly met josh through a friend and also the the co-writer on my nine-year-old roommate, David Lipson, who I have like an incredible synergy with is like just a high school friend of mine. And we still, we still are missing some pieces, but we're starting to like develop a really good team. And I feel like if you went to film school, maybe you would be able to connect and like find your team quicker. I said, and so it's that, that's the relationships that I think could be of value. But in terms of making it, I think at the end of the day, going to film school or not going to film school, you have to make stuff and you have to be really smart in how you release that stuff. It's interesting because we're in a day and age especially in Toronto and Canada, where successful shows have a very unorthodox start. Considering uh, explaining things to my grandfather's start was just on YouTube. You use some of the connections, I'm assuming. Like, I mean, there, you got popular when Nikki Benz, the famous wannabe mayor slash porn star, came and that gave you some yeah. some voice, you know, of an interesting kind. But look at shows like Letterkenny. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say my 90-year-old roommate and Letterkenny have very similar upbringings. You yeah. decided to start as a YouTube series and start pushing that. And now it's blown up into this full, like, I mean, everybody in Canada knows my nine-year-old roommate. Is that kind of weird? To, to hear that? 
Uh, yeah, it's a bit strange. I don't feel that so much, so it's fine. But it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit strange to hear that. No, I mean it's good. I, it's good. Like, it, it, but and I and I agree with that. I agree that there that like we we had a certain specific strategy of like trying to get something done online and then seeing where it would go. And we were totally fluid. Like we didn't know if it would be a TV show, if it would be if we'd just be doing more explaining things. And it just kind of like took a life on its own. We followed that path. Do you get recognized in the streets yet? Uh, a little bit. Like once in a while, <laughs> once in a while. Wow, it's funny. It's funny. You're just like, this is a bit weird, but yeah. How much Ethan in the series is Ethan in real life? Not a lot. Like, I... I like I'm not as big of a dick in real life as I am in that series, but we'll play it for the for the comedy. Parts of like my mannerisms and how I act is like very similar to how I act. Like I'm not really going trying to like create some different character in terms of how he speaks or how he talks. And the fact that he's like a bit of a prankster is like something that like I'm a prankster. So there's similarities for sure. But yeah, he, the the guy on uh, the guy on the show is like a bigger dick. I'm not as big of a dick, I don't think. Yeah. And how about uh, Grandpa Joe or Zadie Joe? I know that your original grandfather, your original, your your grandfather yeah, is in your YouTube series and Paul Souls, who we have on the show this week on Speech Bubble because he was one of the original voices for Spider-Man. What's it like changing that up? I, I know we're, we're going to get into working with CBC as a whole and sure. I, I have a few questions about that. But, you know, when you trade Paul Souls for your grandfather, is it a different dynamic completely? Are you playing a, a scripted, um, you know, relationship? Or did it kind of feel like you were with your, you know, own grandfather? I try, like, I have a really special relationship with my real grandfather. Oh, yeah. You so, can tell. <laughs> so, we, and I think that reason it resonates with people is because I treat him like a friend. I don't coddle him. I'm pretty straight with him. I pretty much have the same conversations I'll have with him or the same. I don't, I don't censor myself. I don't like, I'm talking to an elderly person and I need to speak to him differently. And I think like the audience appreciated that. And that's just the relationship I've always had with him. So we just made sure that we'd find uh, someone who I could connect with in the same way, who would be open to having real conversations and talking about real things and not feeling as though I have to be sensitive about this topic or sensitive about this topic. So I need someone who's open-minded and Paul sort of fit that bill. He had a sense of humor which my grandfather has and he is very open to talking about uh, any issue that like millennials struggle with really your relationship with your grandfather yeah. joe uh, reminds me a lot of my grandfather wilf before he passed i talked to him the most normal conversations with him than anybody else he had conversations with right. everybody else treated him like he yeah he had a hearing problem but you don't have to yell at him or right. you know what i mean or you know just because he may not understand something because it's a generational thing doesn't mean you can't explain it or totally. doesn't mean you can't explain it or use it in a sentence so they'll eventually understand because they you know i hate to break it to most people our age and we're in our 30s people that are three times our age know a lot more yeah, than yeah. we do and they also give you a super uh, fresh perspective on something like even recently my with my real grandfather we we're talking about like cryptocurrencies like my whole friend group is like so heavily now invested in like cryptocurrencies I, so, what's cryptocurrencies oh uh, you know like bitcoin oh, okay I and like Ethere ethereum there's like a whole it's like yeah. this whole world it's an insane world so and my grandfather was like pretty business savvy and he was like a good investor so it's fun like having these conversations with him and trying to explain this new market to him and getting his 
his POV on it. It's really interesting. So yeah, it's like if they, because like you said, they have a lot of knowledge. They've been around a lot longer. They've seen a lot of things. And your grandfather, especially, not yeah. only just seems with it, but he seems willing to kind of advance. Oh, he's yeah. not like he's not curious. Done. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's curious. He, he's open. Yeah, yeah. I sent him all this stuff on Ethereum or Bitcoin, and he read about it, and he thought about it, and he gauged with it. He still thinks it's really dumb, but like he was able to like like try to really look at it, and, and then be, it was great getting his perspective on what he thought it was, and him talking about like investment deals like he did in like yeah, it's like you know 1930s or 40s or whatever. It's just crazy. How much content from your original series before my 90 year old roommate is on the cutting room floor? I feel like you are in your grandparents' home, yeah. which is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. uh, are they in a condo, I'm assuming, somewhere? In, yeah, they in, live at the Sheddington, like Bayview and Lawrence. Yeah, yes. that's, it looks like it. Yeah, it's a nice uh, place. I'm sure we have a lot of cross paths as far as Jewish geography goes, especially Josh Schultz, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just seems like you're hanging out at your grandparents. Yeah. Your grandmother's in the original series as well. Yeah. And she's excellent. Both of them look like they're so much fun. Like, it's yeah, easy to get along with them. Yeah. And you're very lucky. But you know what do your friends say to you like after you know i not as many people are as fortunate as you are so you get a lot of you know oh this reminds you get like a lot yeah. of feedback from your friends or even just fans all the time yeah i mean that's what youtube's great for that like our youtube comments on those series are like so positive just being like made me want to call my grandfather <sighs> you guys are so lucky that's like awesome. i think that was honestly this is this was the thing was um we shot the cock blocking video with my grandfather where I explained to him what cock blocking is. And that video I knew, like, I'm like, we got, you know, when you kind of feel like you captured some magic. Like, that was just like, we were shooting with my grandfather. It was the first day we were shooting with him. We were shooting with him for like an hour and a half. We weren't really get getting anything that interesting. And then we captured that video and it was really great. And I'm like, well, we knew we had some, I felt like we had some magic. And then I, before we released it online, I just sent it to my family just to make sure that everyone was going to be cool and to, like, get their, like, perspective on it. Like, I don't know. We had no one really done anything like that. I just wanted to, like, check in with everyone. So I sent an email to the family. My cousin, who I have, like, a close relationship, who's, like, uh, she she saw it. She sent it to uh, her boyfriend. Uh, her boyfriend then sent it to uh, his dad, like, his dad who he works with. And then his dad, like, came into his office and it was, like, thank you for sending me that video. Like I was having a tough day. Thank you. Like that made my day. And like my uh, cousin told me about that when we were at family dinner about the video. And then I was like, okay, we're doing a good thing here. This like connects with people. It's funny. And like, that's like, that. that's when we knew like it was a good thing to keep like pursuing it and going down the rabbit hole. Uh, from one Jew to another, yeah. I don't want this to be a big Jew deal, yeah. even though it kind of happens that way when yeah, we're totally. two in the same room. You know, family to us is everything. Yeah. It's a cultural, not necessarily responsibility, but we like, we generally like our family. We're all a bunch of the same people in one way or another. And even though we have our differences, we like to jab each other. It's good. We're, we're good at picking on each other, taking it, yeah, giving totally, it. Yeah, totally, yeah. And I get that relationship with your grandfather and he seems really smart and fun about it. Did he ever think think that this would get to where it is no not at all he is like he thinks it's hilarious like he has a love-hate relationship with it like he thinks it's funny and he thinks it's great but he's also like old too so sometimes he just doesn't really want to do it but then he always loves like when people come up to him and tell him about it and you gotta talk to josh about this the second the camera is on him he has like so much fun he does he has so much fun he's smiling he's smiling he's having a great time but then he likes to like you know he just like he's old so he doesn't really like want people 
people in his house sometimes and doesn't want cameras. Yeah. So he that, he just deserves that. He's yeah, earned totally, that. Totally. When you're thir- you know, three times the age yeah. of us, you're 90 sure. years old, you, you get a lot. And he, again, he, he's raised your family yeah. and who's raised you. Clearly, you come from a good place. Did he think he might have been considered for my 90-year-old roommate? I know that... Yeah, yeah, he... We want... The whole plan was to have him to do my 90-year-old roommate. It was just that was, like, when we had to, like... he He's a bit frail, and he's, like, older, so it just was too much work for him to do it. Uh, so he just... He, he, we had a funny... He, I always say this, tell this anecdote, but he was just, like... At one point when we were talking about it, he's like, nah, I'm, I'm tired of carrying, carrying you now. Like, you're on your own. <laughs> so you're on your own. But, like, yeah, so... That's the thing. It was like it's a respectful like it's just the balance of like he's old, he's hilarious, he likes it, but he doesn't like it that much that he wants to shoot like sure. a full series. Like it's intense. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So I mean, we're respectful of that. But even now, like sometimes he'll be like, ah, if I knew it was improvised, I would have done it. They'll say little comments like that, but like really he didn't really want to do it, so I didn't push him on it. So how did the idea start? I mean, other than just like the, the tindering yeah. at at a holiday dinner or yeah. what have you, a Friday night dinner. How do you and Josh Schultz connect? How does slow clap become a thing? And then how does this idea just take off? Because it seems like this is your thing now. Like it, it sounds like you're not at Sportsnet anymore. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, me and Josh connected through. I was actually. Uh, dating uh one of the sister of one of josh's like really best friends so we connected that way we were just out one night drinking and we talked about it and he had seen my sports stuff and he really really liked it so from there once uh you know i started realizing there could be something i was talking me and josh would meet once in a while be like maybe we could do something with this maybe we could do something with that and when i started talking about the grandfather thing we agreed that that'd be a great thing to shoot so josh Good on him. Like, he was able to get, like, all of, like, the equipment. And because he's a teacher, he was able to, like, really do... Like, there's no way we would have been able to do it if it wasn't for him to, like, uh, get all the gear and, and set it up. And he has, like, the technical skills to shoot it. And then we... So it was a good team. And then we we shot it. And we were really strategic in terms of how we released it. And it kind of just took off from there. It's funny how these connections yeah. happen. I mean, you mentioned Josh is a teacher primarily. And he works at, like, an athletic school, basically. Yeah, he's, totally. like, a media teacher at an athletic school. So he used his resources. He found you because he's a sports fan, essentially. Yeah. And now that he is this media professor at a high school uh, or media teacher, this connection kind of brewed. And now Josh may not be a teacher any for much yeah, longer. Yeah, Did you guys yeah. ever joke about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We think it's great. I mean, it's tough. Like, it's so expensive still living in this city. And so we always have those conversations. Like, it's just so hard to make it as, like... He just had a second kid. A second kid. And it's really hard to make it as a creator. So, like, good on him. Like, he's really done a great job at being able to balance hustling. how hustling and balance both i don't really know how he does it so it's pretty it's pretty impressive now it's been about a year since you've had yeah. all of this happen yeah what's it like working with the cbc oh they're so good they're like so it's funny i work in between the year once we release season one i i actually took an advertising job for a little bit for like four or five months and as we were waiting to see if there's gonna be a second season and we're figuring everything out and writing the second season and it's so interesting working with cbc compared to working with some of the clients on the agency side it's like night and day like cbc is the best client any notes they have like they had some notes for sure in season one and they were all like in retrospect incredible notes like we 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 joke we when we sent them the first round of creative for season one there were like a few episodes in my head that i was like if they don't like this like i don't know we won't be able to work with them and they like always love those episodes it was never even a question and the episodes we were always like on the fence about they 
pointed it out and then they pushed us to come up with better ideas and they even held us to our own um like our own mandate which was like essentially let's not make a sitcom like let's try to make something and we we succeeded in some ways and we failed in some ways but to their credit like when we pitch them an idea sometimes be like that's too sitcom me like come on so like they really tried to help us stay true to our vision which is like all you can really ask for out of a broadcaster i think you mentioned during your acceptance speech at to web fest we met at the iwcc independent web creators of canada's toronto's web fest let's call it the tiff of digital creation in canada sure your speech for winning best actor (laughs) in a series you joked and said i won this best actor award in a series where they didn't want me to play myself yeah I, i was joking well the thing is was like it was fair because once my grandfather couldn't because of health reasons once my grandfather couldn't play himself there was a a really fair and honest conversation about um who should play me and to be completely honest it's like i've joked at the time uh, but like i also didn't really feel that confident playing me as well like it was a really an internal conversation and a conversation with cbc so i think we all uh had our reservations just because i'd never act like really acted before and it was going to be challenging and would it make sense like it's not going to be my grandfather should it be me um at the end though i just felt that i could uh carry the tone of it like i felt that like if you put me in there i knew the tone we were trying to achieve and they were trying to carry over from the explaining things to my grandfather series so I explained once I one we had a few emails and conversations about it and then to their credit, they trusted me with it at the end, which was a pretty big leap of faith for them as well. So I, I totally like, I joked about that the words, but I totally understood where their reservations were like coming from on that. And it worked out and they're happy and like we're happy, it's good. We were sitting next to each other, yeah. so my journalistic ears were open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I need I need more information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh you work alongside one of the let's say it for what it is, the oldest working actors yeah ever current, yeah. currently Hopefully. that was always the plan yeah <laughs> so how do you like how do you find paul souls we actually just auditioned him he was just he was like we got lucky because it was like slim pickings and he was great so we got really lucky but we just did an uh, audition for him and, and the rest of his cast yeah and then we every yeah it was just like we just had a casting director and we just brought out every old actor we could find and we looked you know i think the debate was always to like, let's try to get some, let's just make it feel real. So even for season two, I think we're going to try to get some non-actors as well. Just whoever we think fits the part or we leave kind of characters like vague. It's such a situational comedy that we allow, which I love about our process is we'll let someone come in and we're like, we don't know. We never knew who Saul was till now. That's all. Like, and we let him just play himself. You know, Saul's so, my grand other yeah, grandfather's okay, name yeah. too. So I just I love I loved it. I I watched every episode nice. in one sitting because it's a bingeable cool. show, which is a, a big thing these days. Did you always consider it to be a binge watching kind of thing? Like, I mean, it, you can go to YouTube right now, and yeah. a playlist will you'll sit down for only basically an hour, if that. Yeah, it's funny. We always wanted to make sure that it like that each episode could standalone that was sort of our mandate we never really thought it's going to be bingeable is it not going to be bingeable that way it was more just like let's make each one alone digestible no matter where or how you come across it because you never know on the internet where you're going to find something so let's make sure that you don't need a lot of context to get this thing very smart yeah that was sort of our plan and how was it working with paul Oh, he's awesome. Paul, working with Paul is like pleasure. He's the best. Yeah. Any great. stories? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he's just full of surprises. Like, he'll always, um, 
Ah, oh, he's just—he just has a good sense of humor. So, like, I don't know what I could say on here, but like, he, like, we we have some funny conversations about like he gives us show ideas and stuff. Like, wow. yeah, yeah. So, I think my grandfather's helping us write uh, season two. Wow, too. yeah. Like, I we, love that. We've had a few sessions with him already. He kind of helped us inspire some ideas for season one. So for season two, we're like, let's just hang out with him and actually so we just bring a recording all the time recorder and we chat and we ask him questions and he's really been helping it's really funny so real grandpa joe hangs out with uh, no 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 no, we don't make that happen yet they've met once we haven't done that yet but we've had like uh, the writers meeting with joe sitting with a recorder being like what are we brainstorming essentially is brainstorming which is pretty funny the whole cast seems like so real like yeah, you, yeah you, that's you, the point. That's yeah. The yeah. How, how do you, how did you control that? Is it just by casting alone? It's casting and we're not scripted. So we make sure that it's all improvised. So that allows, like we have outlines where we want it to go. And that allows for this fluid sort of dynamic uh, where people talk the way they would talk. People act the way they would act. And people react the way that they would probably react to the situation. And you talk about some pretty touchy subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Death being one of them. Totally. You, you have like odds in the friends group about yeah, the who's, death pool, yeah, the death pool yeah. which is like a young thing in my head right because you think you know you and your buddies like hey which celebrity is totally. gonna die this year let's totally. put 10 bucks in totally. but you never think you know what are these 90 year olds you totally. know like and in the end of the day is the winner of the pool get each other's stuff like <laughs> so how do you broach these subjects <laughs> you can have yeah, that yeah, idea that's, that. that's yours where were you six months ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but in all seriousness like is there any time where you have to warn them and be like, just so you know, this is what we're going to talk. Or do they know? Yeah, yeah. We, you know what? It's that, that's the thing is we, we send them the scripts. They know we talk to them. I talk to my own, I pitch my own grandfather these ideas too, to know if we're crossing a line. That's what I think is beautiful about our show is like, we do deal with death and we do with these issues that we, that it could be sensitive issues. But the fact that these uh, real elderly people are fucking embracing it shows us that like it just it says a lot about the elderly that like no they could have fun with these sensitive topics they don't take life too seriously even when you know they're closer to the end like you know it's tough for us in our 30s to just be writing this stuff but that's why we wanted to make sure that we're casting with the real elderly so that they because if they embrace our subject matter it's just saying way more and it just speaks way more to the fact that like no they're not that sensitive about this stuff it's funny it's always like you know death can be funny absolutely i think you guy i think your show takes a lot of great subjects that aren't necessarily you know, available on large formats like digital series with CBC Comedy. I personally, my my partner, Trisha, you met, uh, she works with older adults for a living. Cool. Like, that's her life. She loves, when Paul was here, she was just lit up. Uh, she, especially because Paul's full of stories. He's charming. She was just very excited to be around him. And I'm very excited because your subject matter is educational. Yep. There's a lot of uh, important messages that you're talking about in your series that don't get enough light. And I find it funny that, you know, real Grandpa Joe, after the first season kind of came and went, he's like, oh, now I want to write. He's like, I miss it, right? Yeah, exactly. Totally. totally. So, do you ever think he'll have like a guest spot? Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe, for sure. We will probably put him in a small little episode here or there. He, he had a little cameo in season one because his voice was one of the answering machine messages oh. in, the ghost, in the ghost episode, so we'll probably find a place for him. That's a nice two. tip. Yeah, yeah. I love that ghosting episode. And and for those, again, yeah. who don't who haven't seen the show yet, check it out on YouTube. Check it out on CBC Comedy. You're basically teaching your grandfather concepts that are relatively modern yep. that probably would skip his generation and he takes them to a whole nother level you teach him about what ghosting is where you don't message a, a girl or a guy back when you're dating them just because you want to end it and he takes that as oh well, i'm just gonna prevent anybody from being able to contact me but when you're an older adult and people aren't able to contact you anyway i don't want to i don't want to give too much away but it's it's a hilarious concept and i really want to talk more about uh, kind of like, you know, what's it like producing this show, shooting this show? It's a digital series. You know, the budget's not millions of dollars. It's a it's meant for the web. You, from my you know professional eye, some things look almost green screened. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. It, it was tough. Like we had a it's a small budget for what we were trying to do, and it was ambitious. And we shot it over just like a short period of time. So yeah, it's not perfect. But it's also like it was such a learning because uh we were so green in terms of like working uh like something like yeah just just trying to execute so we feel for season two we have more money and we'll we feel like we'll do a better job hopefully of like executing but yeah we green screen some stuff for sure uh our location we found like the day before so it was like very tight and small and there's like it's tough like you have to be so resourceful and like everyone has to work for very little and it's just like that's again going back to what we're talking about film school it's like finding that team because if you have like a team of really competent people are willing to all believe in a project then you have a better chance of like succeeding i think especially when the budgets are small now that you found your team and the success yeah. has been been received, uh, is everybody back on for season two? Is it kind of the same group of friends that Joe, your grandpa, the character, yeah. and yeah, everybody? Yeah, yeah, great, yeah. great, same same cast, and then the stories. Like I don't know, it's just it's, it's, the stories are changing a bit. Like the tone might change a little bit, but overall, uh, yeah, same crew, same team. Yeah. Does Ethan ever settle down? Uh, not, not yet. Not, not in yet. the next 10 episodes that we've written. So. Let's talk about your character, sure, Ethan. Sure, There's Let's a lot of about. real Joe, fake Joe, real <laughs> Ethan, fake Ethan. Uh, yeah, Ethan on the series is Thank quite you. a schemer. Yeah, yeah. He's he always, real Ethan, real Ethan's a schemer too. Yeah, I was so just going to say. That's true. That is yeah. a parallel there. There's for definitely sure. a parallel there. So, uh, you know, are you personally, you know, in, in the film and, and television business, you kind of have to be a schemer in a sense. You always have to be like, well, how is this idea going to make me money? How do I get this idea to the next level? So has this always just kind of been an opportunity within your show to kind of be the scheming Ethan? Like, it's like, how do you turn it off? Or do you, is it always on? Or do you ever like walk around now that you have a little bit of success and you're trying to build a second season and you're thinking about ideas all the time? Do you like see yourself in real life being like, oh, this scheme is definitely going to make it into the series? Yeah, it's funny. My friends are always like... I, a lot of a lot of real funny stuff that happens in my life like hasn't made it into the series but that people are always like there should be this should be uh like this could be a show this could be an episode because yeah i'm always pranking my friends or doing funny schemes outside 
the show. But then, like, so when I'm, my brain is able to, like, when we're writing, we're able to come up with funny stuff. Like, I would never in real life come up, I would never actually pursue the a business of, like, writing, old, like, old people's eulogies for yeah. them. I would never do that in real life. I would never, but my brain can think of that as a funny idea and be like, oh, let's let the character in the show start a business where he, like, writes eulogies for, like, the elderly so that they can vet it before they die. But, like, I would never actually do that in real life. But, like, recently, um, well, it wasn't even me, but, like, a friend of mine, uh, like, I don't know. There's, like, some, there's pranks that I've done in real life that, like, could make good TV shows or, like, schemes I've done in real life that at some point could make it into an episode of something, for sure. So, what can we expect for season two? Funny situational stories that, like, hopefully make you laugh. Like, like very similar formula from a story perspective. We feel like execution-wise, it's going to hopefully feel a little raw and, like, again, like, feel a little more like Curb than maybe even season one did. But the actual stories are just going to be, like, hopefully, they're always, like, if I'm on a date, I should be able to, like, say the story and the person should laugh. And, like, that's always been our mandate. And I think we have 10 or 12 ideas that like fit there and they're you know they also make you look at like Jewish traditions or certain things in society hopefully in a little bit of a different way like we tackle the real estate market like the hot real estate market we tackle bris and uh, a bunch of other stuff so yeah some of the locations you shoot in are very Toronto iconic yeah what was the synagogue you shot at oh it was at uh, I think it was Adith Israel Adith Israel and yeah. the mall that you shot at oh yeah that was at <laughs> The Dufferin, the, that mall. What's it called? The, uh, but yeah, the mall in Dufferin. It's like a, that place is awesome. We'll shoot there again. So you know, for some advice that you can give to upcoming shooters, location scouting is oh, one of the hardest dude, things. Locations, honestly, one of the issues. Like, I did not love our apartment for season one, and it it shows. Like, locations are so important. You need it. Like, the right location can like help your tone so much. So I didn't realize that as much for season one but season two like it's a learning and like we're fortunate enough that we get to make another season so we get to like redo some of the things we felt were mistakes which is great and do you ever think that cbc would be interested in taking this off web and making it maybe like a 22 minute series we hope that at some point it goes in that direction um you know i think like from they, they're loving it as a digital series it works really well for them so uh and that's the future really yeah, yeah. so we haven't really engaged that much with those type of conversations but it's something we've talked about internally that we'd love for it to be a show so outside of my 90 year old roommate it sounds like you're also writing some other projects yes yeah. yeah we just got uh i'm a writer on another project that just got uh, IPF funding called Cam Girlfriend, and it's about um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's about, a great name. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's, it's just about a girl who's dating like a cam a cam girl who's dating like a regular guy and their relationship and explores like sex and technology. So we just got found out yesterday we got the funding for that. So we're, I'm excited to help write that. And uh, there's another series that I've been writing that I'm going to shoot a promotional video or a pilot for soon. So yeah, what's it like wearing? as many hats as you wear when you're acting and writing and starring? I mean, do you do some direction as well? Are you involved in the editing? How many hats are you wearing for my 90-year-old yeah, roommate? Yeah, I'm carrying it essentially, like, I'm helping all the way through. Sometimes, I think, to maybe the detriment of the project. Like, maybe I think the editing, I, I was a little too hands-on for season one. Maybe in season two, I'll back off a little bit there. But yeah, it's just like, it's your baby, so you're trying to, like, make sure that it's it's good and so you're you have your hands in a lot of different things but a lot of it's fluid like uh because it's an improvised show that like the acting is sort of acting and it's sort of writing it so 
it, that's kind of why I wanted to be in it. It's because it's like helping steer where the stories are going to go. And I really understand where, what they are and where they're heading. Um, directing, uh, we have a director, but I, I, I'll end up like, I don't know. We, it's a collaboration. Like, Absolutely. So I work, I'm pretty hands-on. So, yeah. What are some of your influences today or yesteryear? Like, what, you yeah, know? yeah, I love like Seinfeld, like comedy-wise, like Larry David Seinfeld, like Woody Allen. Like, I love Louis C.K., George Carlin. I love like the, I'm not a punchline guy. I've never really been a punchline comedy guy. I love it when like situations or topics uh, are interesting and lead to like, uh, a laugh from the situation rather than like just a joke i've never really been like jokes have never really drawn me in and so that's just sort of like so yeah that's my influence i guess yeah and if you had to pitch this to a network that wasn't cbc right what you know who do you see this on hbo is this an amc yeah, maybe show? A netflix show a netflix, yeah, a netflix series i mean it seems like netflix is interested in Canada somewhat I mean, or crave TV like look at Let- Letter Kenny's success do you ever um, bump into the Letter Kenny guys or ever no, have any I kind actually of met, connection it's I was in Banff and I met the producers of Letter Kenny so like they seem like great guys yeah yeah, they yeah. seem like you guys yeah, so you know yeah, what I mean it's yeah. nice to know that the, totally. that the the people that are shaping the Canadian landscape for comedy right now are just normal fun to be around and, and you guys are giving a lot you know thank you for coming on here and oh, all yeah. the stuff and, and you've been doing some great press stuff uh, you know do you have you had that comparison before to Letter Kenny? We've yeah. I mean, it's funny because there's yeah. In some ways, yeah. And the fact that they've created a YouTube video that that now is like the yeah, broadcasters taking in they've higher budgets for sure. We've seen that connection for sure. We love that show. That show is an incredible show. Yeah, I, I, they yeah. both are. They yeah. both played to things that are very Canadian, yeah. and they're almost educational in a in a way. Letter Kenny's got this kind of North Ontario yeah. kind of vibe to it. We that always we joke how I could we can never write that show like the how like we're always like super impressed in terms of the writing of that that show now to promote my 90 year old roommate you know are you t- thinking about doing some youtube stuff before maybe going back to explaining yep. things to yep. my grandfather yeah we're gonna film uh, my grandfather uh in one of the writer's rooms with us great so we're gonna do that and a few other things we have some other ideas i don't want to give you too yeah, many of your yeah, idea, yeah, ideas some, away some stuff we're gonna... so the next season comes out at the end of this year yeah i'd say that's about right and um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of social media around my 90 year old yeah. roommate is there any reason for that in particular uh probably Probably just because we're too small and we're doing too many things that we we don't have someone who we should have to be doing that. It's essentially, yeah, it's just we should be we should be doing more. Well, I mean, the, yeah, you're you're writing and then you're going to be shooting soon. Yeah. I'm sure if you you know bug CBC to have somebody come and do that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, CBC is really really good. I found like I we were like so impressed with how much like how they were able to push it actually socially when we were releasing it. So hopefully we'll get it all geared up again once once it's time what was the pitch process like when you approached cbc or did they approach you my agent i think set up a meeting with them and then they they just loved the explaining things series so they we just it was like an organic conversation about like how can we take that and turn it into something 
like scripted, you know? And there's uh, the IPF, which it has to be like a scripted series. So um, that sort of dictated, hey, like, can we make this scripted? Is there something scripted here? Uh, yeah, and so it's just a few organic conversations. And uh, once we sold them, sold them essentially on the tone, that we once we were like, hey, the tone of the Tinder video or the tone of my, the cock blocking video is going to be feel very similar to the tone of this, I think that's when they were sold on it. We're like, the stories are going to be written, but the tone is going to feel natural. Did When you first pitched it to them, did they kind of outright accept most of your ideas and they ran with it? Or were they like, well, you know, here are the notes. I know you said before that they yeah, were... Yeah, six out of ten. Close. It was like six out of ten. But they, the ones, they... they they ne- they never say no. They just like, Interesting. they just are like, they just kind of put it back in our court being like, is that really what the show is? Like just good questions. So, and they're right. And they just pushes you to come up with better stuff. Like if they didn't push us, we wouldn't have like, my favorite episodes came in are probably like second or third batch of pitches to them. So I'm thankful for that process. What do you think is the best episode for a first time watcher to kind of get the best so feel I, for the show? It's so hard. Like, we had episodes like that the ideas we fell in love with and then we're like we're not so sure about the executions because that's always an interesting thing where it's like the best idea or the best story might not be the best one because it's not executed right but like for me like our favorite idea was the eulogy episode like the eulogy episode or the high holidays episodes where like the ideas oh when we that's came my up, favorite yeah one. when we came up with them from an when we came up with them are like amazing but are they the best executed i don't know that's that's then the whole other thing it's interesting because everyone you ask will give you a different answer on that the Yom Kippur episode the yeah. high holiday episode yeah. really struck with me <laughs> maybe it's because of my appreciation of the the yeah. THC arts but yeah. the fact that you're convincing these staunch um, what you do for the high holidays for those who don't know you have to have a day of fasting and you're not allowed to eat until sundown and to pass the time essentially to get their mind off of it you get them high on a vaporizer which I thought was brilliant because you didn't take it to the the smoke the kind yeah. of like bad form of THC if yeah. you will you went straight to the healthier version <laughs> yeah. it's a bunch of older people who probably have you know harder bodies to deal with this kind of stuff and you basically vape them on weed and then they get munchies so now yeah. the battle is trying to not break the fast and I just think your episodes come from a good place and it comes from I mean you know the joke about Jewish humor kind of extends to all you know Jews are like Italians and like Irish people like we all have our same kind of similarities Uh, the Jewish aspect of it I want to just touch on a little bit you know did you go into it thinking you were going to be playing that no. aspect of no, it no, as no, much no, as you no. did no no not at all we just we just always go for what's like funny and i guess like i don't even find like i don't even like i'm not that relate like a religious at all you're cultural i'm culturally yeah so it just it ends up just coming out like it's just there's so many funny oh, things for sure. like like season two it's like we're gonna be dealing with like a bris because like it's fucking weird and it's there's comedy there, you know? So that's, those are where you, you kind of have to go where there's like, where there's comedy. That's like, yeah. Are any of your actors Jewish? Paul's Jewish. Paul is Jewish. Paul's Jewish, okay. for sure. Yeah, so I, that think, helps. I think everyone's Jewish. I think, wow. like, I, I think most of them are actually Jewish. Yeah, we just wanted, again, like that was only from the perspective of like, we want this to feel real. 
So we just want to make sure, like, old Jewish guys usually hang out with a bunch of other old Jewish guys. So we just kind of, like, the casting, they all, these guys all felt like they fit together. Oh, it's so natural. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. funny, and I think part of it is because of how natural totally. everybody is. Is What are you going to do differently in season two that you wish you could have done in season one? Uh, bigger locations, like, especially for the apartment. Uh, moving camera. The camera should be moving more. We should have better, more interesting intros and better like uh like outs that's essentially what we realized was like we had two we have too many episodes where it starts with two people just across from a table talking to each other and it's like comedy should always be visually funny when you can so it's like hopefully season two is just like visually more interesting to watch just like even if it was muted we're gonna kind of try to have that mandate that's essentially it. Those were the lessons. Same episode length, same yeah, amount length, of episodes. Length, same amount. Yeah, totally. That's great. Well, I, I hope for all the success Thanks. for this second season. I, I, one last question. Yep. Um, the theme song is by my favorite uh, Canadian band from the last few years, Jane's Party. Did you... Josh, Josh knows them. Come I think Josh on. is like cousins with them or something. Well, uh, he's probably cousins with Zach, yeah. the drummer, because he's also Jewish. Yeah, maybe. There's also Devin Richardson, Tom Ionescu, Jeff Giles. Those guys, Jane's Party is Toronto's best bar band, best cool. local band. I don't know if you know them as know well them as you well, do. No. The, um, I personally have a soft spot in my heart for them. They are brilliant musicians. They're going to be huge one day. So it's amazing that you have cool. them on your show. And again, their drummer, Zach Sutton, yeah. uh, is Jewish as well. So maybe that's how Josh knows Probably. them. When I he- heard all these things come together, it-, it almost seemed to me like it's impossible for this one person to be making all of these intricate details work. It just seems like it all came together for you. Did you feel that as you were making it? No. No, it was turbulent. It was a very turbulent, turbulent How ride. How so? Uh, there's just so... It was just... There's just a lot that had to come together, and there was a lot that we had to figure out from, like, who was going to play my grandfather. There's just so many things to figure out, and we didn't have a lot of time, just in terms of, like like when the deliverables had to be like when we had to get it done for. So it was just, it was tough. Yeah. But you just kind of do it and you care and you like fight through it and you just try to like do the best you can. Well, it seems like you are and the success speaks for itself. Thank you. Where can people see this show? What's the best way to get in touch with you and all the slow clap, everybody? Yeah. So uh, the show is on CBC Comedy. So if it's just, I think it's just like their comedy portal or their YouTube channel is probably the best way or on their online player on like if you go to cbc.ca slash comedy i think you can find it there as well um if you want to check out our youtube channel it's like slow clap uh and uh yeah and then you can get in touch with me uh on twitter uh, i don't know my twitter uh, you can get in touch with my email is ethancole44 at gmail.com yeah. we'll put all your you stuff, all stuff. On, yeah, you can on, on the there, episode yeah. link I want to thank my guest Ethan thank Cole uh, we, we're starting a, a quick mini segment before I end all shows you're in the Never Sleeps Network studio you're on a show called Ross Never Sleeps are you a good sleeper? No, I'm a terrible sleeper. Yeah, are you, do you, are you a restless sleeper? Do yeah, you, I can't fall asleep yeah, I'm up all night Yeah, I'm well, up late you know, yeah. we, we say Never Sleeps Network is where the night owls flock. Yeah. So, I want to thank my guest, <laughs> Ethan Cole, for coming on to Ross Never Sleeps. Never sleepers sleep tight. Thank you. Never Sleeps Network.
This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thank you.